that God does something deep within your heart that transforms you and shapes you and puts you on a path that impacts you for the rest of your life. And it's something that you draw from long after a week's experience like this. And so it is remarkably significant what we were able to experience last week, and it would not have been possible without your love, your support, your encouragement, your prayers, and your generosity. And so we want to thank you guys for that. Obviously, all of the glory goes to God, but he chooses to use us. Uh, You guys, as those who have encouraged and supported and prayed and given, and those of us who were able to go. And it is God doing his work in us and through us to allow this type of experience. So praise the Lord and thank you. Also, it would not be appropriate to say anything further without just remarking that none of this is possible without Charlie and Marty's sacrifice and service and laying down their lives to go and to serve and build relationships. And they have blazed the trail in Haiti for us to be able to go and experience what we did. Jeremy asked me one day while we were down there, um, just kind of, I think, observing all of the various different logistical pieces that come together on a trip like this. How do you begin to go about setting up something like this? And I said, well, Charlie and Marty have established all of these relationships through their time spent here. And we went on to further say it wasn't just that those things existed and Charlie made the introductions for us, but actually Charlie and Marty nurtured the relationships so that they could be in place. They, it wasn't like all of this existed and then we just plugged in, but they spent their lives discipling. They spent their lives building relationships with, pouring into, investing in, and then transformations began to happen in people's lives. And they would recognize anointing on a guy like Pastor Mark and then take him under their wing and build him and grow him and various others that were a part of what we got to experience last week. And so thank you guys for not only your service and your sacrifice, but thank you for entrusting your friendships and your relationships back to us as a team and ultimately to us as a body so that we could continue this kind of work and do it together. And so we recognize and honor your sacrifice and your service, and I just want to applaud you guys for that. Um, What we got to experience just very briefly, high level, and then I'm going to ask the team to come and share. Uh, If you are on the team, if you would just go ahead and move up here to the front row so that you can quickly pop up when it's your time to share. That will be easy. Um, Friday, July the 1st, 15 of us uh, flew from Atlanta to Port-au-Prince, and we spent a week in um, Haiti. This particular region that continues to be referred to as the mountain is an area called Bossier. It's on the southern shore of Haiti, uh, just out from the little, what used to be a significant port town called Jotmel. Um, You've heard us share before, but I think it's always worth reminding that there was no evangelical Christian presence in Bossier about four years ago. And Pastor Mark, who you saw at the end of the video, was teaching 
English as a second language to a handful of young men who were coming to the church that he pastored in the city of Jotmel. And one of the young men was from this mountain region. And he invited Pastor Mark out to Bossier and he said, I would love for you to come and start a church in our area because there is no evangelical Christian presence in Bossier. And so Pastor Mark went, and we had the privilege, while um, it just was the Lord's timing, that we were able to be there uh, with Charlie and Pastor Mark, myself and Ira, my son Stratton, and the two Dow boys, and we got to go up to Bastier before um, any of this work started just after the invitation had been extended to Pastor Mark to come, and we stood where that building was that all of the activities were taking place in, which is now the church facility, and it was just the top of a mountain with no structure there at all, and we were able to hear Pastor Mark's heart and hear the vision and what God had laid on his heart and the invitation that the Lord had offered him through this young man, and then we were able to pray together, and at that point, we were still praying for clarity, and we were praying for what God might do and Pastor Mark was surrendering himself personally saying this isn't the calling I was hoping for. (laughs) I was kind of hoping for something great and mighty in the city and something that would be easy and not this rugged terrain and this difficult access but Lord whatever you want to do in my life I'm willing. I'm standing here with these brothers I'm saying yes and whatever you choose to do I'm open to I'm going to be obedient. And four years later There's a church that's established there. There's a school that's established there. And other churches have been planted in other mountain regions that have come out of this church. And the work that God is doing there continues to grow. It continues to multiply. I don't know if you were tracking with us on Facebook. If so, you saw last Sunday morning during the worship service, the building is full They have tents outside the back of the building so that people can gather in the tents because there's too many people showing up to worship. Uh, When I was there a couple of months ago with John Weibel talking about marketing, if you will, getting the word out about VBS, he said we will not share about VBS. We will only invite people to the crusade at night because we will have 150 kids show up without any marketing. And if we do any marketing beyond that, we won't be able to handle the kids. Great wisdom on his part because we had more than 150 kids show up without marketing, and it was very challenging (laughs) to handle them all. Um, A really quick story there that William Fox would share if he were here, but he's at a family reunion. Um, There was a group. One day the 12 and older group showed up, and there were 68 of them. That's a lot. Um, as you can imagine, those that were trending toward 13, 14 plus were quite a rowdy bunch, and it was just a handful of us trying to lead that group every time they went to a different station. And so somewhat spontaneously, Mark asked William if he would just take that group separately and teach them. And so kind of on the fly, uh, as William is gifted to do, he stood there and taught them maybe roughly an hour about God's Word. The next day, and this was maybe two or three days into the deal, the next day, uh, Pastor Mark spent about an hour with them. And what began in the week as sort of a problematic group, not because they were bad kids, but just because we weren't exactly prepared for them, 
ended with Mark teaching them the Bible and then asking them if they would be willing to meet with him regularly once a week every Monday for Bible study and discipleship. And 30 young men signed up to meet with Mark weekly, and he committed to go from his home in the city out to the mountain every week on Mondays to teach them the Word. So that was an incredible thing. Um, Our team consisted of 15 of us. I'll say there were nine students and six adults. Two were college students, so sometimes they were students and sometimes they were adults. Um, And then I was always a kid, but I'm calling myself an adult. Um, So there were 15 of us on the team. Several or some are not here this morning because they feel like they just got back from a week uh, uh, in Haiti. Some of them are legitimately sick. Some are traveling for family events, and so our our entire team isn't here today. But I just want to open up the floor for a few of these guys to come and share. Before they do, three of the young ladies are going to come and lead us in a song that we would sing every day with the kids there at BBS. And then after that, um, Jeremy's going to come and open and share what's on his heart. And then anybody else that wants to share will share. And then Brennan will close us. So you girls come on and help us out. I think y'all might know the song. I'll sing the English version. Just kidding. Even the Haitian kids said, please stop singing, boy. So, but, um... Wow, what a trip. Let me open this up. Um, I I just want to tell you, re, just kind of echo what Drew's already said, and that's just to tell you thank you. Um, one of our meals we were having, Drew just kind of reminded us that although there were 15 of us sitting around that table uh, that we would sit at three times a day, uh, very distant times during the day, um, and then we're starving, but he reminded us that one of those meals is that uh, although there are 15 of us at that table, that that was not the complete team, um, but that the complete team was this entire Gateway family. And so uh, I just want to tell you thank you for exactly what he's already said, is for your financial support to this team going, your prayer support uh, through the uh, Facebook page and just through, um, you know, just comments and stuff and sharing with us and as we talked and called back home or messaged or whatever. And, um, and then also just your encouragement through what we were doing and what was going on and and even now, uh, as we continue, you're, you're going to continue to engage and to uh, support the ministry and the work of what's going on in Haiti. And so uh, I just wanted to tell you a huge thank you personally for myself because uh, I, I fully believe, had it not been for all those things, that I would not have had the chance to go on this trip. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's a very special trip for me. It was my very first uh, foreign mission trip of this nature. And, and for years, I have had a longing and a desire to go uh, overseas, to go to the nations, and to go preach the gospel, and to go share the gospel, and to love on people. And uh, there's probably been a list of excuses as to why I've not done that. And um, 
this time, I just felt like there was absolutely no excuse, nothing that was going to keep me from going. And despite some uh, changes in our upcoming family situation at the uh, last minute before, we're expecting number five. And um, so, thank you. But uh, even when that happened and we started looking at, you know, what would this mean if I go? And, you know, you just have all those fears that come into your mind. And um, I just knew, you know, this is what I was supposed to be doing. This is what I was supposed to go do. So, whew, okay, Jeremy, don't do this. It's hard. I don't know if you noticed, but I will cry at the drop of a hat. Um, so, again, thank you. Uh, several things that I just kind of want to share that I was impacting my life while I was there. Um, even though we prepared and we did everything we possibly could to prepare for our group, um, I had the privilege of working with uh, Nathan, as the as the uh, the kids called him. They, they just didn't get the TH down. It was always an F or an S. So it was either Nathan or Nathan. And, um, but I had the privilege of teaching this with this young man. And, uh, man, he is a superstar. He's a rock star with teaching the gospel and sharing the story. And, and, and we prepared and we planned and we tried to do everything we could possibly do. And I think, you know, outside of recreation or even crafts or even music, the teaching time is, is a very low activity type of, of, uh, group rotation. And so, you know, at times it was difficult to keep engaged and we tried to do everything we could, but, um, I'm not saying it was the hardest group to do, but I can say that Nathan gave it his all, and he did not complain one bit about, um, you know, just doing what we needed to do. And he was prepared for both of his stories that he shared. And so, um, but I had the privilege of, of sharing with Nathan all week, and, and we grew together, and we saw what God was doing. But one thing Drew encouraged us to do is, you know, be prepared for whatever it is you've, the task you've been given. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, be flexible with just, you know, making things happen. But absolute truth is to show love to these kids and to the people that you come in contact with. And so, you know, in the back of our minds and really the forefront of our minds, uh, number one was love. And that we were there to love on these people, to, um, to share the love of Christ with them. Um, it's not that that love is not existent there or joy, because I'll tell you what, it, most of the time I felt like it was a lot better there than where it was where I'm at here. But, um, but I sense that, and I sense God's love in these people and their love for God. And so the first thing that really kind of impacted me was their, their joy through love and loving each other, um, loving us. I mean, they showed us so much love. It's not even funny. And so the things that they would come and just encourage you with and, and, and kind of give you that sense of belonging and, and that your call there was strong and it was real. And so I learned a lot more about love, and I learned how they loved God. And at sometimes I even shared this when I had the opportunity to speak at the crusade was that, you know, a lot of times I felt like they loved God in a lot different way than I did and, it's, and I need to do better, and I need to be a lot more intentional about my love for the Lord. So um, that was one thing. Uh, the other thing that I saw that was very intentional on certain people's part, our translator just happened to be another local pastor. And um, as we were sharing the gospel with the kids and asking the questions about, you know, their, their belief in Jesus Christ, their trust in Jesus Christ, their love for Jesus Christ, we would ask them, how many of you are following Christ? How many of you have, uh, you know, gone through that whole gospel presentation? And, and occasionally a child or two would say, no, I haven't. And Ennis, E-N-E-S, was our translator. And um, when he asked that question, I remember one day in particular, one little boy said, no, I have not done that. And Ennis looked at me and he explained what his conversation was with him. And he said, and this is Ennis' exact words, I will help him to receive Christ. I will help him to know Christ and to follow Christ. And, and I don't know how old that boy was, but what that really spoke volume to me just in my communication and conversations with Ennis and all the questions I had and he had was that they were very intentional with the gospel. 
It wasn't just a Sunday presentation. It wasn't just they lived teaching and, and they longed to share the gospel. And not just say it and walk away. They wanted to invest and to really plug in and help those people know Jesus. And it really kind of lit a fire under me to say, you know what, I go through my day doing a lot of different things and have a lot of interactions with people in my business. And I said, you know, I just don't, I don't see that that burning desire is in my heart. You know, I want to love people, yes, but I was like, you know, how intentional am I to want to help the person sitting in front of me know Jesus in such a way that transforms their life? And so that was one of the other things that made a huge impact on my life was just that their intentionality. And, of course, as you just heard from Pastor Mark, lastly, I'll just say this, is that, you know, the man is just absolutely anointed with the Spirit. And I know that, um, you know, that is a God-given touch on his life. And I know that the, the time and effort that, that Charlie and Marty poured into him is growing him, and they discipled him. And now he's, he's doing the same thing. He's repeating that. And so, you know, he was a huge encouragement to me um, to really – to live the way and to be excited about Christ the way that he is. Um, but I'm very proud of the whole team. I think everybody, it's not an easy task uh, at all. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But, you know, we might be tired. We may not feel well. Um, nobody ever said, I don't want to go. I just want to sit here. Because uh, trust me, you, you could just sit there where we were in the, uh, at the hotel. But they were very, very, very um, just willing to keep going and keep doing despite the challenges and the circumstances and the trials that we had to face uh, day in, day out. So, again, I just want to tell you thank you so much for your contribution, for your support, for your prayer, um, and just your love for the ministry happening in Haiti, in Jacmel, in Bossier. And I just want to tell you thank you, and I think that they would say the exact same thing. So, thank you so much. I would echo the same same from Jeremy back to you guys that we just really appreciate you guys supporting us and praying for us, coming alongside of us and lifting us up over this past week. It, it doesn't take you long to realize how tough the trip is going to be. Um, it takes you one time up the mountain to realize how rough the road is, how rocky it is, how bumpy it is, how difficult it is to reach this people doesn't take you long to look around and see the great need that is there, the, the poverty that is there. Um, it doesn't take you long to see the people and the joy that they have in their hearts regardless of what they have, regardless of running water or food on the table. You can see the joy that is in their hearts as you drive up that mountain. It doesn't take you long to be in the first service that we were in on that Sunday morning to see the love that these people have for the Lord and to see that they are committed to serving the Lord and to watch them. You saw it in the, the video. It was amazing to bring in basket after basket after basket after basket after basket of food of the first harvest for them, sugar cane and fruits and vegetables and different things that they had to offer, and they're just dumping it on the table. And you're like, okay, where did that come from? I didn't see any of that really as we were driving up the mountain. But for them to take that and say, this is what we're offering to the Lord, it doesn't take you long to realize how much they love the Lord and honor the Lord. And then to hear these men speak and these women sing and these little children sing, 
doesn't take you very long to to see their love for the Lord and their honor for the Lord and their praise for the Lord for what they have. And in, in our standards, we would look at it and go, these people have nothing. These people are are empty. And we have so much. But to see them and to see the way they interacted and then to see the leaders with the messages that they prepared and the fervency with which they prayed and the way that they sang, it really, really challenged you to think about what's going on in this place. Very, very remote, very, very difficult. One of the things that I think that I think of this passage, it says, run the race marked out before you. But it, but it doesn't just say that in Hebrews. It says, run the race with perseverance marked out before you. And that, to me, means a lot when you think about what we just went through and the things that we just did. It, that with perseverance is in there for a reason. It doesn't just say run the race marked out before you. It says run with perseverance. Without that word being in there, um, we would not have been able to, to make it on this trip. A lot of us got sick. A lot of us were tired. A lot of us were weary. But not a single person backed down. Not a single person um, stopped going and stopped doing. And, and knowing what was facing us each and every day, we continued to go and do the race that was marked out before us with perseverance. These guys are absolutely amazing. We have a great, great group that went with us, and, and that impressed me very, very much, just to see them at work, see how bad they felt, see how bad we all felt. And we knew we were called to do something for the Lord. And we just kept going and kept going. And the next thing that, that it says in that verse right after that in Hebrews, it says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And I think that, again, was something that we had to do. There was no way that we could continue on, that we could keep going without fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We knew while we were there, we knew what the, the purpose was for being there, and we knew that we couldn't do it on our own. And it took every single ounce of energy and effort um, with the Lord's help to be able to go and do that. Pastor Mark is a, is a great man of faith. He loves the Lord so very much. And I know that um, if he were here today, he would be thanking Charlie and Marty. As you saw him thank them on the video his face lit up with joy, if you notice that. A big smile came across his face. So I just I agree with Jeremy and Drew. I thank you very much for the work that you all have done there in Jacques Mel and in Bossier. Um, Drew brought up one of the kids that um, was there at the service that first Sunday we were there. And he said, because of this guy and wanting to invite Mark to come to their um, mountain to their area that that church is there today and I know you guys were a huge part of that as well but to see the work that is going on in that remote region is unbelievable it will blow you away to see the faith and to see the perseverance and you see the the people that are looking to Jesus day in and day out it will absolutely blow you away to know that four years before there was nothing going on there and to see 
what is going on there today is absolutely amazing. So please continue to pray for this ministry. Continue to pray for this people group. And continue to go if there's an opportunity to go. You will, you will be forever changed by going and doing and praying. I'm just going to read a text really quick. Um, I'm a very bad person, and I text during church. Jennifer Hostetter is a very good person, and she doesn't, so I'm just going to let her in on a text she missed. It says, if you don't volunteer, I'm calling on you to share about Alberto. So come tell us about Alberto. Okay. 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 That's um, a favorite little phrase. I love to hear the Haitians say that because everything doesn't matter what's going on. Everything is okay. Okay. So um, I just think that's awesome. Um, Yes, Marty and Charlie, thank you so much for inviting us several years ago to be a part of what y'all are doing over in Haiti and in Jacmel. Um, This is my third trip to go. Yes, third trip to go. And um, I can honestly tell you that the group of men and students that God called to go, that was who was supposed to go. Um, Many of you, of course, have already heard us talk about Alberto. And um, he, um, gosh, I don't even know where to start with him. Um, There were so many things that I want to tell you about Alberto, so maybe we should all just go to lunch and we can sit and talk about him because... um, he is the little or the young boy that we met a couple of years ago and um, didn't have a family and was just living and sleeping and, and wherever he can. Still, that's what he's doing today. Um, it was so wonderful to drive up that Sunday morning and see him and to see that um, he's still doing very, he's doing very well despite his circumstances. Um, there's... Um, One of the stories about Alberto is that the kids and adults were making fun of him because he was wearing shorts to church. Well, our pastor, our youth student pastor, Drew, um, comes up in the middle of church, and he has, you know those pants that you can wear that you can unzip and make into shorts? Okay. Well, so Drew walks up and starts talking to the church with his pants unzipped and down at his knees. And so I'm sitting there going, what in the world is he doing? I mean, I'm sure people are really making fun of him right now because you just don't do that. Well, a few minutes later, he brings Alberto in, and he shares the story about him, Drew, seeing kids making fun, and adults making fun of Alberto not wearing long pants to church. So Drew said, I'll fix this. So he just, that's why he unzipped his pants to wear shorts so he could be like Alberto. And who could laugh at that? Um, So I think that was just such a beautiful story of how um, God uses Drew in those fun situations, those hard situations. Um, Alberto, um, let me think. Okay. Another uh, just adorable story um, is one night at the crusade, um, Alicia was sitting um, in the back And Alberto came up, and they had been talking and having fun. And um, Alicia and um, Anna had baby wipes. And so Anna just pulled a baby wipe out and just kind of started blotting her face and her hands. And Alberto wanted one. So she handed it to Alberto. 
y'all, he started washing his face. He looked down and started washing his arms, just like what Anna and um, Quisha were doing. And then he looked down at his feet, and he started washing his feet off with that baby wipe. And I just thought that was so beautiful. Um, I, I, it was just beautiful. Later that night, we looked over, and he was sound asleep on Alicia. And, y'all, you know what she did while she, he was there? She prayed for him, and she did not move a muscle so that that precious boy could just rest on her. In fact, he was resting on Christ because she was sharing Christ's love with him. That was just a beautiful, beautiful sight to me. And yes, she did cry, but she prayed for him. And y'all, that's what our students were doing when they were holding those babies. People would come up, no lie, a mom would come up and just hand her your baby for you to hold. And you know what? I bet deep down inside that mama knew that these girls were going to be praying over their babies. And they would just leave them there the whole service just so they could hold them. Um, Alberto and Jeremy hugging so tightly. Y'all, it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture. Um, Hopefully, and I guess this is okay and this is what I'm supposed to share. Hopefully, yeah, Drew's like, yeah, Jennifer, hush. Um, Anyway, (laughs) um, hopefully we are going to, um, Mark's already in the process of finding a Christian home in the city of Jockmel so that Alberto can go and live with that family. Um, She's a strong Christian woman um, who loves the Lord, and um, so we're praying that she's going to be willing to take Alberto. Um, There's there's some little hoops and things that have to go through, but um, just the thought that, um, that you have already heard about Alberto and that you're going to be praying for him, please, please pray that that he is willing to go off the mountain and to go live with his family um, and that seeds have been planted into his heart. Um, If he doesn't go to a family, who knows what's going to happen to him? Um, Mark believes thoroughly that and totally that, um, you know, he'll end up, not in a good place, um, and and I don't I just can't stand to think about that. So please pray for Alberto. Um, and one more quick thing is um, I did get an opportunity to talk to some women, um, and that was kind of fun to sit down and um, and just it was about eight or ten women, and um, y'all they struggle with the same things we do. I asked through my translator John, um, you know what are women struggling with there. They struggle with their thoughts, whether they're um, their, um, impurity thoughts. They struggle with jealousy. They struggle with, um, oh, ah, anyway, <laughs> talking too much. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> one of the, it was so neat. One more thing. So neat as I just shared with them. Um, they had not heard of, of some of the Bible verses that I shared with them. They didn't know the, um, the fruits of the Spirit. They didn't know how to stand, what to do to, um, 
to talk to the Lord about the armor of God and putting it on so that they can defeat Satan when, when he throws thoughts their way. They didn't know it. Y'all, these are things that we, you know, over here, we know. We know where they're found in the Bible. They didn't. And um, it was just such a beautiful um, time. I, I thank you so much for all of your prayers and your financial support. Yes, indeed, we could not have done it without you guys. So, who's next? Well, uh, what an experience. Never been to a different country. And, uh, well, it was, it was awesome. Uh, first, I want to talk about uh, kind of what uh, William talked in his message. He talked about the, the differences and the similarities between, between us and them. And uh, something amazing to me was that, that like, I recognized that, that we're all humans and that, that sinfulness is, is there just as much as it is here, if not more. Uh, and we were, we were driving through Jacmel, especially Port-au-Prince at the end. Uh, we were driving through, and you could see the, just people sitting and just idle and, and not doing anything and then kind of grim faces on their uh, – grim looks on their faces – and uh, it was it was a breath of fresh air to get up to the church in Bassier Sunday morning, and and to see the smiles, and like you couldn't understand what they were saying, you couldn't understand us, but you felt the same as as they were because we're all believers, and it's, it's amazing like that God changes us in a very similar way that He changes them, and it was it was a very similar uh, atmosphere as as one of our churches, you know. And it was awesome to hear them singing songs in different language that, that you knew uh, how great thou art. That was, that was awesome when I started singing that. And uh, uh, something that hit me the, the very first day, Sunday Sunday morning when we got there, is like you're driving up, and it's not like a, a two degree. It's like 89 degree going up. Uh, uh, something that hit me was you're driving up, and you see all these, see all these people, and obviously you've heard about the poverty and stuff. and and uh, some don't have uh, very very much clothes on, and uh, and, and the clothes they do have are, are kind of tattered. But you get there, and out of nowhere, you see every every male over probably 15 has has a suit and tie on, and every female has a has a has a nice dress, very nice clothes, and uh, I, there's even uh, a little two year old that had a had a vest on, sweater vest and a bow tie. It was nice. And uh, and they would even like some of the groups that went up and sang like they they matched. It was cool. Um, four hour long about service uh, in a little cracker box and about a, felt like a hundred people in there. And uh, but it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. Um, one one little story I want to share. Uh, uh, Jeremy talked about Ennis and something that was just was awesome to me. Like when we were leaving the last day. Uh, they they had driven in the trucks with us to say goodbye uh, down back to, to where we were staying. And we were saying goodbye and stuff. And I shook Ennis' hand, and he told me, he told me, uh, if I don't see you, this is awesome, if I don't see you again, uh, I'll see you in heaven, and we'll be together. And something I said, like, during during when I was preaching, I said that, that one day uh, there would be no sickness, no pain, and you're going to be able to understand me without a translator. And, and that was awesome because you, you feel such a connection with, with other believers that you've, you've never met before. And it, it's a totally different culture, totally different language. And, and it, was, it was awesome. I know they've, they've said a lot about 
how great Pastor Mark is, but I wanted to, to tell, share one one story about him. And like, I think he's I think he's a great man of God. And uh, uh, we were talking about just the the corruption in the uh, the Haitian government. And he said one of the biggest problems, uh, the biggest problem that that he sees is is a lack of vision for the Haitian people. And then that just that just made me think. I asked him, was like, what is your vision for the people in Bossier? And without hardly even thinking, he just listed off three things. And he knows exactly what he wants to do there. And he he's, he has a plan. He has the details to, to fulfill that plan. He's accomplished the first step of that to to build a church and a school there. And he wants to uh, uh, then build. Uh, the second thing was a, a trade school, and then the third thing was a, a clinic. And uh, he was just talking about how he used one of our phrases. He, is, he doesn't want to give them fish. He wants to give them a net. And, and he's just he's got an awesome vision, an awesome plan. And uh, he's definitely definitely somebody that, that we can put support behind. Uh, is there anything else I want to say about Haiti? Okay. Last thing. Last thing. Last thing. Uh, the... The team that went, like I, I was enough from Gateway, and uh, uh, I met and built some awesome relationships with some some great wise men and women, uh, and some great students. And uh, man, I got some I got some wisdom and some truth from those guys, and and uh, that was that was one of the best things to me to to build those relationships and to see. To see what a wonderful church that, that you have here, and and uh, thank you, thank you for everything. Let's pray together. God, you're the God of the nations, and you're the God of all generations, and it's pretty cool that you catch us up in what you're doing around the world. And, Lord, we know that you also catch us up in what you're doing in our backyard. And, Lord, we pray we would be as intentional about having our eyes open at home as we are when we're abroad. And, Lord, we know that um, the struggles of this world that we see in the news and that we see in Haiti and that we see in our backyard, Lord, all of us are searching and longing for peace. But, Lord, apart from the Prince of Peace and us knowing you and letting you live through us, Lord, we are doomed. And so we pray that as we have experienced what we have this past week and as you have uh, continued this work that you already began in our hearts and this partnership that began many years ago, Lord, we give you the honor the glory and we submit it all to you and we know you're going to do your work and you're going to finish it you're going to bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus but Lord between now and then let us be faithful in our own lives in our homes in our backyards and when you send us out help us to be yours and live for you in Jesus name amen you're dismissed and want to just remind you guys, if you are a church member, please make your way quickly to the gym so we can have a quick business meeting. Thanks for being here. Good job, Mama Jen.